listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. We're, we're rolling, James. You know, I know it's your second time. But... <laughs> Hello, world. Welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. It's March, which means it's the most exciting time of the year, folks. It's March Madness, the three-weekend stretch where we all sit glued to the TV screen and rip our brackets to shreds after day one. But this is why you're here today, the official preview show of the NCAA tournament. We brought back the wonderful mind of James Taylor, our college expert, onto the show. James, welcome back. Great to be here. Excited. This is my favorite time of the year. I know, you know, we had a lot of fun breaking down every we bowl did. game, but this is really, this is really my passion. We promise to the, to the viewers we will not go 60 minutes of every single game. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. I wanted, I wanted to. I know, I know. But we have a special guest today, not just James, we have an actual person that follows it a little bit more than you, James. The preeminent Pac-12 Hoops blogger, Adam Butler, in the house with us. Adam. I want to make it clear I'm self-proclaimed. No one is, except for Jamie and maybe my mom. Those are the only two people that agree that I'm the preeminent one, but uh, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you for letting me bully my way in. No, of course. And you, you can follow Adam at PackHoopsAB on Twitter. So the, the loyal listeners of the LAE experience, follow Adam. It'll be worth your while. So we, we've got a, a big bracket here. Let's break it down. We'll go region by region. We'll highlight the big games, some upset specials, and then at the very end, we'll conclude with our final four and give you, the masses, the expert advice you need. So let's let's start out east, the New York bracket, the defending champs, the Villanova Wildcats, the overall number one seed. They've got a little bit testy of a draw here. Uh, they didn't, the selection committee didn't do any, any favors with a very tough 8-9 matchup waiting for them. James, what? Uh, yeah, I could what, dive right what, in here. As a Badger fan, not very happy <laughs> about this seeding. Obviously, I know this was much talked about, a lot of hoopla, but Badgers, second place in the Big Ten, went to the Big Ten championship game, a, a top ten team to start the year. Obviously, had a little hiccup in the you know the dog days of the season, mm-hmm. but as do many teams. Yet, you know, we're second in the Big Ten. We beat Minnesota twice, including by seventeen a week ago. Uh, and yet we're an eight seed, and Minnesota's a five seed. I, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's very, very upsetting. Uh, and then not only that, but we run into the number one overall seed in the tournament in the second game. So tough. Well, I'm going to quote. Uh, well, he's my friend. I don't know him personally, but I really like John Calipari. And one thing he always says is <laughs> the underseeded teams. It's not so much a disgrace to them, but the teams that they're going to play. So you mentioned Villanova. This sucks for Villanova. Mm-hmm. Also to have UVA right below that. Maybe not underseeded, but that is a very, very tough draw for the tournament's overall number one seed. Uh, I'm with you. Wisconsin's one of those cases where they're in the tournament and now they have an opportunity to do some nasty things. There's guys on that team with incredible tournament experience from Bronson Koenig, uh, Nigel Hayes. Um, I mean, maybe one of the best players. I think ESPN put together something... Um, that uh, Mr. Happ would be one of the guys that could carry a team mm-hmm. yeah. to, a, to a national title. but In the end, I think, though, you're doing Wisconsin a disservice. They could make a run, I think, in this tournament. They could be another Sweet 16 team, maybe even a Elite 8 team. But they're running into the number one overall seed in the second round. Like, 
I, you know, it just doesn't quite. It doesn't make sense. I, I would say I, one I really one thing it. in their favor, Villanova. If they both go through, it's one day to prepare. Okay, I know the Wisconsin. They don't play a style that's completely unique, but with a Villanova team, might with given only one day to prepare, potentially yeah. a an upset special. And there. to that point, one kind of you know line here is Virginia Tech, headed by Bud Williams, who coached for Marquette for a long time. Who all scouted roads, all roads come back to Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Who scouted Wisconsin many times? I know he still has those, you know, those, you know, those books on Wisconsin. So he uh, he must have, you know, been okay with that first round matchup. I think. So looking at the East bracket, which first round game is most appetizing to you? I think for me, it's Florida East Tennessee State. Florida struggling, kind of back their way into the tournament here. A four seed, some people think it's a little bit too high. Missing uh, their big man. Yeah. Yes. East Tennessee State is is rolling into this tournament. I think the, the 4-13 matchup has been kind uh, the, over the past couple years. And I actually like East Tennessee State to shock the world, or at least <laughs> shock the folks in Orlando and send the Gators packing early this, this college tournament. I like that too. I, I'm going to point out... <clears throat> somewhere in the bottom part of this bracket, over there in Greenville, South Carolina, the fact that seven seeded and ten lost South Carolina yes. is playing in their home state against Jamie's Marquette, Wisconsin home team. You mind if I just finish oh, my Homer segment? Yeah, this is only going to be out east. This is my real Homer segment. Watch out for the Marquette Golden Eagles shooting their way past South Carolina. And then shooting their way past Duke. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you, are you marking number, it down? No, number one three-point shooting team in the country, Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, and I think, you know, they, I think you have, you know, Wojo going, you know, the pupil going up against his master. I think the pupil takes down the master here. I mean, that's, Huge upset. That's very, very bold. <laughs> um, I'm going to probably just say you're probably wrong, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being I know. wrong. That's, that's um, why we're here. But I think, I think you highlight something that I, I always like is, is the narrative of these things. And I think one thing that we've heard <clears throat> certainly throughout the country is sort of the seeding of an SMU who by all the advanced metrics is about a top 15 team, yet they're sitting at a sixth seed, um, which is pretty tough for, for a Baylor team who really hasn't been playing great basketball in the no. latter half of the season. Um, so I think that's where things can get really, really interesting. Uh, just eyeballing and having listened to this bit of the discussion, um, this is definitely a little bit rockier of a road than you would expect for the number one overall mm-hmm. seed, especially when you consider how much people were barking about Duke being a possible number one seed if you consider their entire body of work and conveniently ignore parts of the middle of their season, which exactly. people tend to do for Duke. And they have the national brand of Duke. So I think they are rolling right now. Um, I think the, the Marquette matchup will be tough. I don't know if I have the gumption <laughs> as Mr. <laughs> Taylor to uh, to pick Marquette with the upset special, but I, I do like Havoc within the middle of the bracket, but I do think Villanova-Duke... In that Elite Eight in Madison Square Garden, the home away from home for both those markets, I think that could be a sexy match. That's a hot ticket. Let me sure. let me ask one question. What do you, what is your what are, what are your respective takes? I'll start with you, Lucas, on Baylor. Baylor, I feel well. A, they're a terrible university. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can, we can touch on that. But their their basketball team, Scott Drew, actually is a, a decent coach. Um, I think they were hot early. They Super they had the run, yeah. beat Oregon early on in the year. They had all those kind of top fifty wins. 
and I think people were high on them. And I think that early season start really helped their seeding late, but they really have tailed off. And I think SMU is a formidable opponent, can easily take them down. I ha- I also have SMU going to the Sweet 16 to face Duke. So I, I think the, the Baylor seed a little bit high and could be troublesome for them in the second round. I'll call out UNC Wilmington quickly. I know they... Uh... They've they've had a great year. They were in the tournament last year. Gave Duke a run for their money last year, if I'm not mistaken. Virginia is a team that you know by their own nature they keep teams in the game. You know they play slow. They don't score a lot of points. UNC Wilmington might be able to hang around in that game, and I uh, kind of like I kind of like an upset there too. So I I'll, I've been thinking about UVA because of sort of the luck factor, and I know Virginia fans want to quickly cite that they've had such crummy tournament luck <laughs> so why not now as a five seed they haven't been re- they're not really talked about they kind of stumbled into the end of the ACC uh, they continue to be a fine squad but why not this be the one that punches through for Tony Bennett especially after that big Syracuse meltdown last season yeah yeah could be they're a little more up, unheralded this year they don't you know it would scares me. I don't have really have a go-to score. And it took they, a tip in though. Score, it yeah. took the tip in at the buzzer for Villanova to knock yeah, them off. Yeah, that was a hell. Of I mean, battle. that's a yeah, game that's a hell, a, a hell of a time of the year to have it too, right? It was that random non-conference yeah. game. Yeah, love it. Yeah, agreed. So, wrapping up the East, your final four picks. We'll go go around the table. I'll start first. I've got the number one overall seed, Nova, making their way to Phoenix out of the East region. James? I like Nova, too. I think they're too tough. I love Brunson. Uh, you know, love, obviously still love Jenkins. Uh, Josh Hart. Hart. is obviously a great player. Uh, I, I just think they're still a really – probably one of the – they play some of the best brand of basketball in the tournament still. They know themselves better than any team in the bracket. Even without your boy, Archie? Oh, uh, even without my boy, Archie. I, I, I'll always love Archie. But I think, I think they're, they're still a great, great team. I'm going to go with the Marquette. No. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree. I'm a huge Jay Wright fan. I think my sports moment of 2016 was his uh, mouthing of bang as, the, as, as Chris Jenkins' three went in. Um, of course, that has nothing to do with 2017 Villanova. Nevertheless, it's hard to pick against them in this tournament. Now, it shows the type of coach Jay Wright is. He's not just someone that has stylish suits, which I appreciate as a man of fashion. <laughs> this, the man has confidence uh, in his players. Well, I, let me you're just, lucky this is a podcast, Lucas. <laughs> you're lucky it has my name on Without it, James. Video. <laughs> well, we've all, we've all always thought Jamie had a face for radio, but... Uh, although, the, the, let's, I mean, if we take one quick step back, a year ago the narrative was Jay Wright can't punch through. Jay Wright isn't a good tournament coach. He wins a national title, and now the three of us sit here and pick them. To, to yeah. I mean, you know, the the resounding uh, cakewalk that we just sort of described for them, um, you know, may be overvaluing one title, but at the end of the day, one title certainly means a lot. Um, Don't int- you guys think the numbers are on Duke though in this bracket? Would you say I, I would percentage say. wise, the America is picking Duke. Um, America, mean, you get Vegas, kind of the five to one odds, yeah. leading yeah. leading the the charge. They are hot right now. I mean, so. Duke is arguably the hottest team in the country. But I also think there's this this thing about being hot and then being overlooked, but really damn good. And that's kind of where I think Nova sits right now, despite a Big East yeah. tournament upset. Mm-hmm. Okay. The East region, moving on to the Midwest, Kansas City. You have the number one seed, Kansas Jayhawks, rock chalking their way 
to the number one seed. What do you what stands out to you? I'll start with you, Adam, here on the in the Midwest slate. You've got Kansas, Louisville, Oregon, unfortunately losing Chris Boucher, one of their top uh, post players. What stands out to you uh, in this region? To me, this one is is kind of all about offense. I think Oregon is a phenomenal offensive team, certainly when they're clicking. Uh, Kansas is a team that has not this year been particularly effective on the defensive end, uh, despite having one of the, the nation's top defenders in a Josh Jackson. And then you look over there at Michigan and Oklahoma State, that would be a phenomenal game. Um, and then the one outlier of all that would be Louisville who mm-hmm. I don't think plays much offense whatsoever, but can def- defend like any Rick Pitino team can. So if I got to look for one type of, of game uh, across this bracket, it's definitely offense. Um, I don't love Kansas coming out of here. Uh, I To some extent, I said it earlier, I think this is a team built a little bit on a house of cards with all their close wins. But nevertheless, as I think Jamie might point out here in a second, they have a phenomenal uh, what they've got the right pedigree, the right roster to make a run. What, what wins? Yeah. In, what wins in March? Backcourts, James. Yeah, senior experience late in backcourts, and Kansas has one of the best, great three-point shooters, a top-five pick, a quintessential big man. You know, a college big man, maybe not a good NBA big man, but a very good college big man. I think they, you know, they do have the pieces uh, to make a run. I think I'm probably going to have them coming out of this bracket. But I, I think going back to what Adam said, Michigan-Oklahoma State might be my favorite first-round game of the entire tournament. Uh, both really good teams, both playing well right now. Oklahoma State, give me Phil Forte the third. Cojones, this guy. <laughs> well, the two of them put together, yeah. make a great it, backcourt, hilarious it, backcourt, really good backcourt. Isn't it Brad Underwood who has the second-best First three, I mean, this is a very nuanced stat, but the second best first three NCAA tournament record, only second to uh, Brad Stevens, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So the guy definitely has, uh, he, knows what he's doing. He's the guy from Stephen F. Austin, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But, and then, you know, Michigan, great storyline. Saw them in the Big Ten, obviously, with their plane crash. They came together, ran through the Big Ten tournament, and I watched them play. They are playing really well. They have a they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of three point shooters. DJ Wilson is an X factor, big man, can stretch the floor, shoot. Uh, they they're a really well rounded team. They're a, and a really good team. I I have them going pretty far. Do you think though? It, it's kind of like the classic case. Remember Syracuse, but a decade ago, Jerry McNamara takes them all the way through the Garden. They win the Big East tournament. Boom, gone first round. Like. They expend so much energy yeah. getting to the tournament. And granted, they were probably already in before this magic run um, and the, the plane fiasco and all that fun stuff. Do yeah. you feel, though, that they'll I run mean, out of yeah. gas come... I feel like that's happened to me a few times in the past where you, you do kind of want to ride these teams that are hot and, and have made made good runs through their conference tournaments. Uh, and yet, and then they come out and they put up a stinker and they lose in the first round and they're gone. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's hard. Notre Dame has done that. They've been the a couple times in the past years, but I'm, they've also gotten hot in tournament time and were balanced. I think early a couple years ago. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to balance that tough dilemma. So but I like Michigan. I like them in the Elite Eight. Oh wow! So I was yeah. just going to say the upset special in this region, but I'm assuming Michigan is your is your upset special here. Or I do, think or Michigan do, is my do, upset do special. I think, I think Rhode Island is also a team that, that's playing really well. Go Rhodey. 
<laughs> Roadie, yeah, they've uh, you know they've gotten healthy at the right time. They're talented. First time in the tourney since Lamar Odom. Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, you got you got to be happy for that. I think they could. I think they can go on a little run, especially running into a, a beat up Oregon team a little bit. But Oregon's pretty good. Adam's a permanent Pac-12 blogger, so he could tell us a little more about Oregon. Well, Lucas, you said it at the at the at the top. They lose Chris Boucher, and and while I. My my hot take on the matter is that Boucher may have been the most overrated player in the country. You got to be really good to be overrated. He was the cover boy of Sports Illustrated, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just not the, the the player that makes Oregon Oregon. Um, that's Dylan Brooks. That's to me Jordan Bell. That's their backcourt and Peyton Pritchard uh, and Dylan Ennis. They are a really great team. But there is no excusing the fact that Chris Boucher was a part of the rotation, and you lose a rotation guy, and that messes things up. You could cite the Pac-12 championship game where they lost to Arizona. Ultimately, that was a very high-level game. Um, but I guess you got to rest a little bit on your laurels, and, and the one guy that's always been there, the one guy that has proven year in, year out that he can be an absolute coach is Dana Altman. Mm-hmm. And having him on your side and having a little bit of time to prepare for this thing, um, they've made runs in March about as far as they can go each year. He hasn't had the best teams each year going in, uh, but he's certainly not regularly being upset. Went out in the Elite Eight last year. Um, so I expect Oregon to definitely be disruptive, um, as disruptive as a three-seed could be. Uh, but you know, I expect them to be very, very well-poised and prepared for this tournament. And Dylan Brooks is having one of those special years. He's had the game winners. He's He's been through the ringer before, Pac-12 Player of the Year. Dylan Brooks, to me, seems like a guy that you're going to be seeing either cutting some sort of net on one shining moment or have his head buried in a towel. Yeah, I like it. Bringing up one of the most overrated players in Boucher, I think one of the most underrated players in the country, Monty Morris. Okay. Point guard, Iowa State. This guy is a baller. He's been around for a number of years I now. feel he's he been there for win. six years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he, been around. But, he, I mean, the guy, he's led the country in assist to turnover ratio the last three years. And he scores about 20 points a game. He is a, a great player, fun player to watch. Having said that, they will lose to Nevada in the first round. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> upset the, the 12-5 matchup. Upset special. What yeah, upset uh, What special. about this Wolfpack team excites you? You know, I don't really know. Uh, I don't know much about <laughs> this Wolfpack team other than that, you know, then it's, they're going to play, you know, a, a pretty good brand of basketball. They're going to they're gonna be locked in, I think. And Iowa State worries me because Deontay Burton, who's an incredible talent and a great a matchup nightmare. Zach but, Randolph, part two. Yeah, he he will shoot you out of a game. Yeah. He will he will you know possibly win you a game, but also very well could lose you a game. Um, and uh, yes, I don't know something about this Nevada team. I think they're just rock solid. You like Nevada at the twelve five. I again, I love the thirteen four matchup here. The Vermont Catamounts. Oh. TJ Sorrentine, Taylor Coppenrath. The boys from, from out east, <laughs> Coach John Becker has his group rolling. They rolled through the American East. They haven't lost in this calendar year, and wow. I don't think they're going to start with the Purdue Boilermakers. I'm sorry, Big Ten. You did win the regular season. You've got Caleb Swanigan, the beast, the Dikembe Mutombo part two. But I believe in Vermont, TJ Sorrentine, it will actually be this year, Trey Bell Haynes, the American East Player of the Year, hitting from the parking lot. Wow. 
against Purdue. Love it. Love, love the pick. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna go the complete opposite and say <laughs> Purdue is something of a sleeper here. Yeah, I, I actually didn't agree with those. <laughs> <at all. laughs> well, I'm sorry, they're already put to bed. I, I, I mean, the calendar year stat that one is alarming. That is impressive. But uh, I, what I think, it, what I've heard each of us already say is is do a lot of name dropping thus far, and the best player in this bracket very well could be Caleb Swanigan. And so anytime you got the best player in your side of a region uh, on your squad, I think gives you a good chance. But going back to what Jamie was saying regarding Kansas, it's rare that a big man carries a team through March, through, through the tournament. But I do think Purdue is very interesting anytime you have a guy of that caliber. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm, I'm still very impressed by that haven't lost in the calendar year. For Purdue Rangers. also has some great three-point shooters, I will say. They, uh, I, I approve pretty darn good team, and I don't think Ramon stands a chance, but I, I, do love, I, I do love going out on the like Let's it. look at the spread after. We'll throw some money on it and uh, go it's for on. that. Okay, so Midwest region, wrapping it up. Who's your final four pick coming out of the Midwest? James. I, I mean, I, I'm going to go Kansas here. I think for the reasons we've talked about, great guard play. They, you know, they're not that deep, but you don't have to be that deep when you have really solid Three-point shooters, a really athletic wing, uh, and, and, you know, one good big man. I'm going to go ahead and say a team that we haven't said yet, which is Louisville. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Rick Pitino has done it enough times to figure out how to get a team who might not even be able to score particularly well uh, deep into this tournament. Um, I I, I don't have it in front of me, but I know Louisville has been to some shocking number of Elite Eights. Um, So this is absolutely not foreign territory. Um, to a team that the committee really felt was a very, very good team by re- rewarding them with a two seed. Yeah. To make it three, di- three yeah. different picks here. Yes. Coming yeah. out of the Midwest region, partly because I'm actually going to go see them live this Sunday because I believe they're beating Iona in the first round, making their way to Sacramento. I like the Oregon Ducks. Chris Boucher in- injury, yes, it's a little bit worrisome, but like you said, Butler. It's the guard play. It's the senior-laden squad that wins deep in March. I believe in Dylan Brooks. A, he's Canadian. B, he's got swagger. And that's why I've got the Oregon Ducks going to Phoenix. Nice. I think and I, Jordan Bell might be my favorite player on that team. He is an absolute beast in the paint for that team. Yeah. Okay, moving down, down south, Memphis, Tennessee. You've got the North Carolina Tar Heels, the number one seed in this bracket. Some were questioning whether or not Duke would be the, the third or fourth number one seed, but Carolina, their full body of work gets them the, the number one seed uh, out in the Memphis region. You've got Blue Blood Central with North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA, and then you've got Tiny Little Butler, a four seed, coming out of the south. James, what, what's jumping out at you in this, this region? I mean, I you know I think similar to that Duke Villanova matchup. I mean, the the, the UCLA Kentucky Sweet Sixteen rematch from earlier in the year when UCLA beat them at Rupp, That is just as sexy as it gets for tournament play. I'm really hoping to see that battle. Um, yeah. What would be even sexier? Take it one step further. North Carolina Kentucky that rematch. 103 That was the best game, game of the year. That was the best I, game of the year. I, I watched that game. That was early, really early fun. season until that had the feel of March. How great would it be to, to see that come come that, March that time? That was really fun. Yeah. But I think the thing that jumps out at me is that Wichita State, the 10 seed, badly under overseeded. Whatever you, way you want to f- 
float with that. Incorrectly seated. Incorrectly yeah. seated. There you go. <laughs> But, but another great story, but another it, yeah. great narrative that Adam likes to talk about is that, that Wichita State-Kentucky matchup, going back to when Kentucky got the eighth seed and Wichita State was undefeated, got the one seed. That was one of the best tournament games I've ever one watched in my life. Yeah. Incredible. You know, Kentucky took them down. But I think that has some great, great narrative. I, absolutely. I, I, and, and I guess speaking to narrative and staying right there with Wichita State and Dayton, um, funny to see Archie Miller and, and Greg Marshall facing off as, the, as these are the two coaches that get attached to every possible big-name job uh, that's either available or potentially out there. Um, you know, Cough Cough Indiana, some of those kind of gigs. I think Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State said they're going to retain Thad Mata. Um, Pretty interesting that Greg Marshall is one of the top ten paid coaches in the country. Yeah, you and I were talking about yeah. that the other Wichita day. Wichita State. They don't have a football program. They <laughs> sing everything yeah. into that basketball I guess program. So that's a lot of money to be paid. Um, but I will say, uh, UCLA I find to be a fascinating, fascinating team. There's been much narrative about their defense or lack thereof. Um, it has actually been improving over the last couple of weeks. Um, but one thing that I thought was really interesting watching them in the Pac-12 tournament is their offense was sputtering a little bit, and they had that sexy, exciting, incredible offense that we all. Uh, kind of fell in love with early in the season, particularly going back to that Rupp game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't hitting in the Pac-12 tournament. They weren't connecting uh, in their final Pac-12 regular season games. And that's three consecutive games that their offense has not been at that outrageous elite level that it once was. And I'm really curious if it's just a brief funk and they're going to be able to come out of it um, or if that's really just the trend they, they are a little bit banged up. TJ Leaf has a rolled ankle. Lonzo Ball bumped his uh, thumb. Lonzo Ball's dad is demanding a billion-dollar shoot I, I contract. Saw that, I saw that today, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as declaring he would beat MJ in one-on-one. So, a lot, lot, lot of storylines. The father would yeah. beat MJ? Yes. 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 In his heyday. I saw the stat. The, the stat also was... Uh, the year that he was playing, that, that LeVar Ball was playing uh, at, I think, like Cal State LA or something, he was averaging two points and two boards, and Jordan was at 35-5 and five for the Bulls. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, um, his son is phenomenal, uh, one of the best college basketball players I've ever seen. Um, so for, to see him on this big stage, I'm very, very excited. Um, Steve Alford said that his team was just not very excited or into the Pac-12 tournament, which does not bode well. Again, I keep mentioning these trends uh, of UCLA in the downward direction, um, but their body of work suggests they're a damn, damn good basketball team. I was going to say, just looking at this, Kentucky has some awesome storylines here. First, to start to start out, the, the bluegrass battle. Northern Kentucky versus Kentucky. Let's not overlook this, this bluegrass battle. This could get nasty. You know they don't like each other. And then going into the, the Wichita the, the, State battle, yeah. yeah, which is also sexy. And then going into a UCLA battle, which, yeah, kind of three real fun and sexy matchups. I want to dive in right now, though, because I think Lucas and I are going to have quite a little argument here. And I want to hear what he has to say about his Arkansas Razorback. Woo! <laughs> Big Suey! Yes! <laughs> We'll see if that gets edited out. Uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks are back in the tournament. 40 minutes of hell. Mike Anderson's got the boys rolling. Underrated all season long, the SEC. Granted, SEC has been down for a little bit now, but they did get five teams in the 
Arkansas plays that mentally tough defense and actually a decent enough offensive team. I think a good matchup against Seton Hall coming up against North Carolina in that second second round be a little bit tough. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. I don't have the same wherewithal to to pick an I upset think you're special there. Looking a little too far ahead. I think the Seton Hall team is a rock solid squad. Delgado, nation's leading rebounder. He's a beast. He controls the paint. Uh, and the, yeah, you know they made a deep run in the Big East tournament. Had a tip in against Nova. Could have sent that game to overtime. Lost the last second. I think Seton Hall is uh, is actually a pretty solid squad. I think they're going to take it to the Razorbacks. Pretty good. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think we've got another bet side bet going on right now. So. Um, upset special in this region. I'll start with mine because it, it's bubbling at the seams right now. Middle Tennessee State, the 12-5 is the sexy pick, but I do think this is the smart pick if you're looking at all the 5-12 matchups. Middle Tennessee, this is the same team that beat down Tom Izzo's squad last year in the 2-15 matchup. This is a better team than last year. Kermit the Frog Davis Jr. has his team rolling <laughs> once again. You got Giddy Potts. You got Reggie Upshaw. Again, you mentioned Minnesota losing to Wisconsin twice. Somehow are at a five seed. I think they're right for the picking at um, the 12-5 matchup. And then look, looking ahead, I like them against Butler. I like Middle Tennessee State finding a way. They'll grind it out with the Butler Bulldogs. Butler... They, they never run away with games, so you know you're going to be able to compete with them. I like Middle Tennessee State finding their way to Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, a home, home court feel uh, to the Sweet 16 against North Carolina, but love Middle Tennessee State. Nice. Father, who you got? Who do I like? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think we, we started the show with, with, with Wisconsin at an 8 and Minnesota at a 5. That one just doesn't make much sense to anybody. So I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I'm not sure I'm bold enough, and I can't necessarily pick against my last name, um, <laughs> though no family relation. Um, you know, th- I think that Butler team has proven, though, that they, they, can, they can play with the big boys. And initially, I think they were on the three line, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. back in February and haven't done much uh, to suggest they're not that good of a team. Two, um, two out of the Villanova's three losses came to Butler. This is a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, one of the teams I think that's really interesting in this one, and I'm going to go back to the, uh, geez, is it Conference USA, Cincinnati? Um, AAC. A, a, American A-A-C, Athletic Conference. Right. AAC. Um, so so they're, they were right there neck and neck with SMU. They're also well up there on a lot of the advanced metrics. Um, but sitting there at a six, and it's an interesting six, um, I would definitely consider keeping an eye on them outside of the fact that I do have UCLA coming out of this bracket, the blue blood bracket. That's hard to say. That is. That is. <laughs> I will, going on that Cincinnati you know, line, I actually like Kansas State. I know they got a play-in game. Bruce I know they got to take down Wake, but Bruce Weber's got a solid squad down there. Uh, I think they, they handle Wake. And then I think they go on and they, they beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati has won a lot of games. Great defense. They can't really score. They have no consistent scoring. Uh, I think Kansas State, they got a great guy. This, you know, big, tall, white guy named Wade, who I like a lot. Uh, I think they're going to you know, make it 
you know, second round, UCLA will take care will of Will Bill Snyder be in attendance for both of these games? <laughs> oh, absolutely. The face of Kansas State University. Flying out to Sacramento. I don't know. Is he too old to fly? He might not be able to travel. <laughs> <laughs> but he can recruit blue chip <laughs> prospects to come to Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've heard a little bit about your overall pick uh, coming out of the South region. Taylor. I'm going UNC. I, I love UNC. Uh Great front court, dominate the glass, best re- rebounding team in the country, I think. Uh, you know, solid, solid guard play. They shoot the three well. I, I like them. Butler? I just, I'm going UCLA. I'm going to stay on the West Coast with the West Coast Final Four. University of National Champions, <laughs> UNC Tar Heels are my pick. A little precursor to my national championship pick. So. Oh, nice. Moving out west, the final region. We've got the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the number one seed, 32-1, and one, that lone loss to the pesky Brigham Young <laughs> University Cougars. 24-year-old, Brigham Young. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought you were going to go 28, but um, yes. So, out west, you got Gonzaga at the one line. We've got Arizona rolling right now. The pack, yeah, look, pack. Adam's been waiting yeah, all night yeah. to talk we'll about yeah, Arizona, yeah. so we'll, we'll let him. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but outside of the Zona Zoo, what uh, what do you like to see on the, the West Bracket? I'll, I'll start with mine. You want to talk about Homer picks. Bob Huggy Bear Huggins has his team fired up. They're a four seed. Could have been about a three in some projections. Ken Palm had them rated as the fifth best team in the country. This team will grind you out. Will put you through a, a meat packing plant and just <laughs> grind your neck up. Yeah, there's gonna be some good ground buffalo, <laughs> ground buffalo burgers. <laughs> but they play defense and they turn the ball over again. The the Bucknell Bison beat Kansas ten odd years ago, but I, I like West Virginia coming out of that that matchup, and then I also like them taking down. Your beloved Notre Dame Fighting oh. Irish. Again, I think the guard play of Dron Carter and company, Nathan Adrian from a stretch four standpoint, has West Virginia. I like him coming out west to San Jose where I can see them at, at the SAP I do Center. like Nathan Adrian, but I love the Bucknell Bison in that one. That's going to be my 13-4 upset special. Again, Bucknell plays within themselves. They're smart can come from a great conference, really good school. You know, they have the intelligence to handle that that press Virginia style. I like Bucknell there. Come, coming from a great conference, are you a big Patriot League fan? <laughs> yeah, the Patriot League is, is a wonderful, wonderful conference. It's a, it's a, the purity of sports. <laughs> well, I don't want to rain on your parade, Jamie, but I'm gonna. I just had to go quick grab some stats, and uh, Bucknell ranks 310. In steal percentage, which means on 10% of their possessions, <laughs> the other team steals the ball from them. And what does West Virginia do? Steals a lot of basketballs. Anyways, <laughs> don't mean to say that. One thing that I do, I did steal from another podcast, and we're going to the narratives, is Bob Huggins is the only coach in this bracket that has a Final Four to his name. And there's some, and there's some tenured coaches in here between the Mike Brays, um, uh, Mark Turgeon, Sean Miller, Mark Few yeah. can't yeah. go. Uh, Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. Ooh, Leonard Hamilton is one guy who can recruit, and he can't coach. <laughs> <laughs> that Florida State team, as sexy as it is, I've had fun watching. I've made an effort to watch them all season long. 
two lottery picks. Dwayne Bacon. Dwayne Bacon, oh. yeah. Isaac is really fun to watch. Uh, incredible, you know, depth. I, part of me, Leonard Hamilton loves to play 12 guys. I actually don't know why he does it. it I, I feel a, that's a it great almost yeah. Come almost, here, yeah. you were going to play it regardless. It almost seems it seems to make them a worse team. Like if they just played their seven or eight best, I feel like they would be a better team. They keep bringing these guys off the bench and never heard of, and they never seem to play that well. So, uh, you know, I think they have a ton of talent, though. I all year long I had really kind of had them as a Final Four pick, to be honest. Now I'm just not sure it's all there, uh, and then I don't like their bracket necessarily going up against Arizona, but I still think they have the talent. I think they have the talent that, uh, that could get them to the Final Four. Do, do you think Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast, can strike up the magic from a couple years ago and shock Leonard Hamilton's led team here. Poorly coached team. Exactly. Uh, you know, they they're, could. They're, they're, it's in Florida. They're playing they're in Florida. Orlando or yeah. Florida. So, again, I, I feel the, the energy of the Gulf Coast will bring the wave. Going down? Going Florida down. Gulf Coast. Florida State. and Florida State. This is going to be a, a, a rough, rough time wow. for the Sunshine State. Unless you're a Florida Gulf Coast fan. Let's uh, talk Arizona. Well, right, here, here, don't here, we just want to dive floor. straight in Arizona? Here's the floor. Here's the floor. Well, I, you know, I... You, we, we, you got anecdotes every which way about the team that's hot, right? Coming out of the conference tournament. Um, but the thing that's fascinating to me about this Arizona team is they're, they're, they're effectively in midseason form right now. And I don't mean that because they're peaking or their coaches got them playing well at the right time. They're literally playing at midseason form with the roster that they have. They've had Alonzo Trier since January 26th, I believe it was. They're about 15 games into his season. Mm -hmm. They took a minute to adjust. They got blown out at Oregon. They lost a real good basketball game to UCLA. But since then, they've done what they need to do, handled their business. The metrics don't necessarily love them, but I also don't think the metrics are able to account for the fact that it's been a really weird go of things. Um, They did lose to Gonzaga, but at the time, they had to play a walk-on for two minutes in the first half. Like They had seven scholarship players. So what I think is really interesting about Arizona is we still don't really know how good they're going to be. And I know a lot of picks out there have been, these are going to be the darlings of the NCAA tournament because they did just get so hot and all the aforementioned things. Um, and Sean Miller hasn't quite broken through and all these things. But um, you know, when you consider what might be a bad matchup for Arizona, they can play a lot of different styles. And it's a really interesting thing. But that said, one of the teams that I think that comes up that is indeed a really tough matchup for them would be a Florida State type team who can have just throw athletes at a guy like Larry Markinon, who might be more skilled than anybody else in the draft from or from in the in, in the the entire bracket as a yeah. seven footer who can shoot it. But if you can muscle him up and get out there and defend him with some length for forty minutes, that's an opportunity to be, to, to to kind of make Arizona struggle. Yeah, um, you know, Florida State would be the second tallest team in the NBA. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's how big they are. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. Um, I I mean, so at the end of my I'm not whole, sure if that's true or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. We're just have to kidding. Just this. kidding. It's true. <laughs> uh, I, so I, I'm, I'm, I, after going every which way with Arizona saying that they, we don't really know how good they could be. The metrics might not suggest that they're, they're, they're the best team in this, uh, in this region. Uh, I still think they're coming out of it. That's, uh, I'll call it 20% homer, 80% uh, objective 
viewer. Okay. Taylor, what's uh, what's your pick out of the West? Uh, you know what? After all this, I'm I'm going Florida State. I lo- I, Stuck him I, to his guns. I've loved him all year. You, you don't believe Leonard Hamilton can <laughs> coach and he finds a way to get him to find I think his players find a way. Leonard Hamilton said that this was the huggiest team he's ever had. They love each other. They've come together. They're going to stick together finally. Dwayne Bacon, maybe they, they keep him focused somehow. And, uh, and they, their talent carries them. They get hot at the right time. They have a great point guard of Sean Mays, who is a great leader. He'll, he, he takes big shots. He gets people in the right position. He, I, think, I think they're going to find a way to get it done. I, I can't believe a, a terrible coach doesn't bring a great team to the Final Four. That that formula just doesn't work. So, <laughs> unfortunately, James, you are wrong with Florida State. I am on on your bandwagon, Butler. I think Arizona is rolling at the right time. Um, I think the Gonzaga-Arizona Elite Eight matchup is sexy. But I don't think that happens because Press Virginia presses their way, beating Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 and putting up that matchup, West Virginia and Arizona in the lead eight. Nice. And there, I like Sean Miller finally breaking through, finally getting breaking the through. first Final Four. In Phoenix. I yes. love the narrative. Uh, <laughs> we, we do owe it, though, I think, as a collective with these brains in this room to, to at least talk a little bit about Gonzaga. Uh, we kind of dismissed them to get to That's my true. homerism and Jamie's love of... Uh, large athletic teams and bad coaches. Uh, so, to me, Gonzaga is really interesting because they immediately get dismissed because of two things, their conference and the fact that they've never done it. But I don't think there's any two ways about it right now. This is a very good college basketball team. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I actually liked a couple of their teams two years ago with Savonis. Um, Kelly Olenek. Yes, team. Like yes. Some of these teams I thought were just fantastic. Um but this team's got some some very very unique pieces, particularly in a a in a bracket that I that truly does not have a dominant team. I think according to, to Nate Silver's five thirty eight, this has the lowest odds. Villanova has a fifteen percent chance to win it, um, but that's the lowest odds in in five thirty eight seven years of doing this stuff. So um, that Gonzaga team, Nigel Williams Goss, uh, has had one of those special sort of seasons. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not even going to try it, but the gigantic left-handed center. Karnowski. Yes, Karnowski. Karnowski. Yeah, that's hard. Brzezemic. Yeah, we did it, guys. We got it. (laughs) The collective brain right there. Yes, I mean, you might stop now, but um, he he is absolutely fantastic, and I think arguably their best player and perhaps the only pro um, is the Collins kid coming off the bench. So uh, Mark Few has got a damn good basketball team there. Uh, he has indeed beat his, the number two team in their bracket. Um, and, and, and you go back to sexy matchups. There was a 2003 Sweet 16 game, Gonzaga-Arizona triple overtime. Or no, it was the second round. Yeah, it was a second, second round game. Round game. Yeah. Gonzaga-Arizona, incredible basketball game. Um, watched in the back bedroom at my parents' house. It was a great, <laughs> great time. But two teams I love here, St. Mary's. We we went. Yeah, we've seen we, them. We all of us have seen them. Yeah, we collectively have seen the them. collective brain uh, at the Great War Memorial Gymnasium, at the University Historic. of San Francisco. Back to back champions, actually three time champions with Bill Russell. Was yeah, that three? NIT. They had a two two NCAA's and an NIT. Hey, championships are championships. <laughs> yeah, especially in that arena. Uh, <laughs> St. Mary's fun team to watch. Great shooters. Uh, they got a tough draw. Obviously, I don't think they can get past Arizona, but. If they're not playing Gonzaga, they've been incredible all year long. Uh, also, I do love Notre Dame. I do love Bonzi Colson's wingspan. 
Uh, they got some great, you know, great shooters and slashers. Uh, Beecham, uh, Vestoria, uh, great players, and uh, I think I think they're going to the Elite Eight. I think they're going to take down Gonzaga. So we've got Zona Zona Florida State coming out west. I think we've touched on virtually all 68 teams uh, throughout this podcast. <laughs> Qu- quickly, Final Four. Who do you like national championship? Who's your national champion of this season? All right, James I, Taylor. I got. I'm going to take Nova beating Florida State, and then I'm going to take UNC beating Kansas. I got UNC over Nova, 77-72. Tar Heels get it done. Revenge. The revenge. I mean, that's yeah. a repeat yeah, this title. Is a great repeat. I know. I love it. Storylines. Story. Kind of like <laughs> narrative. Al- narrative. narrative yeah. on this show. Kind of like Al- Alabama, Alabama Clemson this year. Exactly. Yeah, the rematch. Yeah. So good. So good. But I think UNC has the firepower to do it this year. Butler. What are you feeling? I mean, I don't love my picks out of the Midwest. I know I picked UCLA out of the South. I can't foresee an Arizona-UCLA rematch title game. Uh, But, hey, how about that? I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say Arizona-UCLA. Arizona prevails uh, in all West Coast title game at the first West Coast Final Four since I don't know when. Okay. Oh, I like it. Great narrative. Great narrative. (laughs) Tons of narrative. <laughs> 20 years since Arizona won, last won a title. Okay. 22 since, 22 since UCLA. Was that uh, Miles Simon days? Mm-hmm. Mm. Gotta love Miles Simon. <laughs> my, my final four, you got Nova, Zona, Oregon, and UNC. I've got Zona coming out, UNC coming out, and I've got the University of National Champions. Yeah. Roy Williams, even though... Doesn't know how to hire an academic tutor very well. He knows how to coach. He's got a heck of a team. They're deep. They want revenge. They're going to get it. They're cutting down the, the hoops. In Glendale, Arizona. Love it. University of Phoenix. I mean, it's an NCAA tournament that culminates at the University of Phoenix. One of the top institutions in all of the country. We're all, we're all Phoenix. One of the most profitable, that's for sure. Yes. So, Shaq has four degrees from there. <laughs> that, that's our show. Presented by Flow Water. Once again, James Taylor. Flow Water. Yes, Flow Water. Keep drinking your Flow Water. Added electrolytes, minerals, oxygen. Most refreshing drink out there. When will Flow no Water... No single-use plastic bottle waste. When will Flow Water ever actually put in some money into this podcast? I'm giving free advertising. The <laughs> LAE Faithful are drinking out of their flow waters across the country. One day, Lucas. One day, Lucas. We will, we, we will get there. Right now, we're on a mission. You know. <laughs> Closing thoughts very quickly. Brevity is important here. I like to wrap this up. Butler is a first-time uh, participant of the LAE podcast. I want your perspective and just advice to the, all the listeners out there. What life advice would you give them? Um, whether it be, it could talk about brackets or it could talk about life. I think James talk, brought in a, a Notre Dame quote last time, play like a champion. Play like a champion today, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, despite us going for, a, I think, a, about an hour-long podcast, which is, I think, the going rate for podcasts, I would say stick with brevity. When you're looking through your brackets, think less, pick more. Pretty much good life advice, I think. Wow. I think that might be our best one yet. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I like it. Taylor, can you top? Or? Uh, I cannot top that, but, you know, channel your Gus Johnson and the passion, Dickie B. You got everyone that loves this college game, 
Some great things are about to unfold, and, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the magic. Unfortunately, both of them will not be on the call. But Set. onions Set. and lingerie on the deck, Bill yeah. Rafferty will be, and be called the national championship. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Love it. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Thank you to our sponsor, Flow Water. Thank you, Butler, for coming on. James Taylor, it's always a pleasure. That's all. Take care, God bless, and good luck. That is our show for today. Thank you to James Taylor for coming on the show and Flow Water again for sponsoring today's podcast. Motivational message comes today from a former college basketball coach in honor of today's March Madness topic. This coach was a national champion with the 1983 NC State Wolfpack, but more importantly was a national champion spokesperson on the battle with cancer and raising awareness through the Jimmy V Fund. Today's quote comes from Coach Jimmy Valvano, and it goes like this. How do you go from where you are to where you want to be? You have to have the enthusiasm for life. You have to have a dream, a goal, and you have to be willing to work for it. Now, I sometimes struggle with this outlook given the dreams I make or the dreams I I dream about are so far out on the horizon. But... I encourage you to take time this week to just think and what comes to mind, write it down where you want to be, whether it be five years, 10 years, or just some, some lofty goals that you want to set for yourself. You can bring someone into the conversation too and really u- utilize them as an accountability partner to help push you along. But we all have it in us. We all have the drive. Some are more overt than others, but I encourage you to look for this and find this. And instead of just simply choosing the easier path, um, I I do it the same way. Let's remember Jimmy V and bring that enthusiasm to life to lead us where we want to be. And on that uplifting note, that is our time for today. Appreciate you as always listening to the podcast and good luck in your bracket competitions and enjoy the hoops over the next few weekends. As always, you can tweet me, Lucas underscore ask you. You can talk about anything. I appreciate all opinions, voices, and anything you want to share. So as always, take care, talk soon, and God bless. <laughs>